This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody, welcome to your Monday edition of the Blood Red podcast here from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host Theo Squires and joining me today is our Liverpool correspondent home and away, Paul Gorst. How are you Gorsty? Good, good, very tired. We got back quite late last night than me and then straight back into the office for our podcast recordings to pick the bones out of yesterday's um, deserved defeat. But uh, other than that, OK, can't complain. And to my left, Ian Doyle. How are you, Doyle? Hello. I'm OK, tired. Tired yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm OK. I wasn't in London, so... Uh, there you were. I'm all right. Uh, I'm hoping that you're warm enough that you remembered your coat this time. Yes, well, we've been back twice now, so, yeah, it's all good. But yeah, as Gorsley's just referenced there, obviously it was a, wasn't the best performance against Arsenal, was it, yesterday? Pretty deflating defeat after doing so well against Chelsea in midweek. Mm. Never really looked like scoring. Where do you think it went wrong, Gorsley? Yeah, I mean, they weren't helped really were they by Zabazlai missing. Darwin Nunes was only fit enough for the bench. Weirdly, Conor Bradley was a big miss. Obviously, the death of his father over the weekend sees that take precedence and Trent Alexander-Arnold had to step in and he didn't look fit at all, did he? And it was just a case of, of one too many absentees hitting Liverpool at the wrong time. You know, I think they've they managed to kind of navigate that really well in the last few months. With so many injuries and absences and you know no salad no endo as well and this was just a game too far for them against a really good team who were going for the, the Premier League themselves you know at their ground so Liverpool just just struggled to, to put any anything together they lacked a bit of cohesion and they, they certainly weren't making things stick up top with Cody Gakpo who I thought was was off the pace Ryan Gravenberts struggled as well I thought McAllister was getting left too isolated at times in midfield and then the uh, obviously the, the big one is the mistake, isn't it, between Allison and, and Van Dijk? And I'm sure you know. I think if you ask ten people, you'd get five different answers as to, to who was responsible for for the goal. Um, yeah, I've read Dudley's analysis before, and you mentioned about Joe Gomez being the only one who really kind of did himself any justice in terms of his the form, his form at the back, and couldn't really disagree with that. Um, Jota was was quiet, wasn't he? Considering the form that he's been in, um, Nunes, like I say, didn't really look fit. So across the board, really, Liverpool were, were well off off the pace. But I don't think it's a time to panic. You know, it's it's only the second defeat in in ten months in the Premier League, um, and the other one was obviously the the, the farce that was Tottenham with the two men sent off and the, the VAR controversy and on the own goal and all that type of stuff. So yeah. Um, just beaten by a better team on the day and um, there were some mitigating circumstances around it but I, I think the way Liverpool are at the moment I don't think it's going to kind of have like a, an adverse impact on them in the coming weeks I think they'll be able to shake it off quite well starting with Burnley on Saturday and, and the fact that they've got six days between those fixtures is, um, is huge really a chance to rest some muscles and uh, get a few players back And Dolly, the way you look at the season so far when Liverpool started it, they were having red cards, there were injuries, they were still finding a way to win. And then for the last two months, with all many all these absentees, you're saying they're still finding a way to win. It isn't a surprise at a time when it does come a step too far, when you go to a place like Arsenal, which you've said, I think, before we recorded, second toughest game of the season, pretty much. Well, that's it. It is the second toughest game, so forget everything else. If you lose that game, you're not exactly going to go, we need an inquiry on this, we need an inquest, we need to work out what's gone. I mean, Gossi had just been through it all and why they lost and... It'd be more of a worry if none of those things had happened. Then you'd be like, hang on, what's happened there? Mm. Why have they managed to do that? So there's no excuses, there's reasons for the performance, and that's basically it. 
I mean, I don't necessarily think Arsenal were even that great. I thought Arsenal played better at Anfield and played better in the first half in the FA Cup game. But in those two, Liverpool played better. And I think we can go on to Arsenal's celebrations in a bit. I'm sure <laughs> we mentioned them. I've got a, a view on that. Um, but just the game as a whole, I mean, there was too many of the... I mean, it doesn't help when too many of the players just play poorly. They look tired. Yeah. I mean, yeah. being yeah. Ghost, they look tired as well, to be honest. <laughs> we were tired. And... You know, I mean, look, I wasn't going to mention this, but I am going to mention it. If you if you build yourself as a as a squad that is together and you're like a family unit and this, that and the other, when something happens to one of your family members and something happens, then it's going to affect you a little bit. I'm not saying that's the reason for the game, but it's another... Do you mean kind of com- yeah, it's another yeah. com- it's another complication on top of that. Just the general feeling of the, of the group itself. I mean, I don't necessarily think that had any impact in terms of the performance, but it's just one other thing, isn't it? Um, but just going back to the game itself, yeah, there were there were players who you mentioned, Ryan Gravenberch, but you can kind of excuse him a little bit. Still only twenty one, still getting used to playing in, in games like that. You can't really excuse, you know, Allison doesn't make many mistakes, but mm. he seems to do it. Seems <laughs> to slightly big, big games. bigger games, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which would is that a concern? I don't know. You mean he was man of the match in the Champions League final, you don't get a bigger game than that, so not a concern, but it was just unfortunate. That, I mean you you're talking about the mistake for the first goal where both Van Dyke and Allison are at fault, but the difference is Allison can see it all. So for the second for the, for the no, for, uh, sorry the first yeah. mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. Sorry the second Arsenal goal, sorry. So I think for that you You've got Alice has to take the, the majority. The man coming forward, isn't it? That was always the rule when you were, when you were played Sunday League or whatever. The man coming forward takes the ball, and, and yeah. the, the, the fellow that's back to goal gets out the way. Yeah, so I do think Alison he could see it all happening, and and yeah, it was just like you could see Conor Mahalov as well, couldn't you? That yeah. like, it's not the first time that they would had a bit of issue with just a long ball, which of all of all teams, Arsenal who, who pride themselves on not doing that. <laughs> I think Liverpool got tactically got bits wrong as well, whether or that. Or not that's down to the players who were available. I don't know, but Ghosty mentioned Jotter and Gravenberch and Trent, and that's the right side. So, if you've got those three players not performing to the best of their abilities, and Gakpo, as you mentioned, it wasn't really sticking, and on the other side, Diaz only became a threat really in the first half when he started moving away from the left wing because he wasn't getting much, you know, hitting diagonals to him to challenge with Ben White who's a centre back turned into a right back he's not going to win many of them it was when he's then started flitting around and going into other positions is how he forced the equaliser so I do think Liverpool could have done everything even the subs didn't really work did they no but then again Nunes wasn't properly fit either so in retrospect I know Klopp said after the game he said I would have picked the same team again without having seen the game if that makes any sense you know he, he wouldn't be drawn on would he have changed it if he'd have known how it was going to go on because you obviously would have done um, I mean I'd have probably played Harvey Elliott to be honest instead of Gravenberch but it was just one of those things and I think even Canati just didn't he looked a bit concerned in the first half he was better in the second half actually up against Martinelli but then you know the, the sending off was a bit soft but you know, by then it didn't really matter that much I don't think Liverpool were never going to win that game and, and they didn't can we do the Arsenal celebrations now, by the way? Yeah, if you want to do okay, Arsenal yeah. celebrations now. I think about, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the, with Arsenal celebrating the win. The problem is that they've got to back it up now. As far as I'm concerned, if they don't win the league now, what's just happened then will be completely embarrassing and everybody will look back at it. So it's on them now. They've given themselves a little bit of pressure to win the league. Yeah, I mean, of course, off the ducks back for me, you know, team celebrating and whatever else. But it was interesting. You could you could tell how much it meant to to everyone. You know, obviously, Odegaard with the um, the photographer 
there was that scene by everyone, wasn't it? But I, I was in the mix on after the game and Gunosaurus of, of all beings. Don't, was, don't was, have um, a go Gunosaurus. No, Gunosaurus no, I actually wasn't. My favourite footballer. The mascot, of course, the famous Arsenal mascot was um, was lapping up the celebrations in the in the mix zone, and then Piers Morgan came out and he made sure that everybody seen and heard that he was in the vicinity, back slapping and um, loads of uproar, with laughter and um, pictures with Bukayo Saka and yeah, I mean Arteta as well. You know, he, he was running down the the wing wasn't he like the ultimate warrior in the nineties tagging all the fans you were it's, desperate it's, to get the ultimate warrior yeah, reference in, weren't you? you were just desperate you asked me you asked me at the game do you reckon I could mention this too niche like, a reference yeah it is way too niche it's not, it's not it too is. niche on the pod they're always talking about wrestling on this pod I know stop it what, 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 what move would you put on Theo um, I'd kick his ankles first from not yeah you wouldn't when you weren't even trying to do it you just do it when you walk past him and you were near him and Lee Dixon as well. He was he was he was pitch side for NBC, and then kind of when it went to an advertisement break, he, he was like that to the fans, and they were all you know clapping and cheering them. You know, <clears throat> it certainly meant a lot for Arsenal yesterday, didn't it? Um, Do you think it was more of a because it was more of a must-win game for Arsenal? Than yeah, Liverpool, yeah, that perhaps yeah. that kind of was and also as well. You know, Liverpool are still a scalp even for for big teams, similarly big teams like Arsenal, aren't they? Particularly when they've only lost one all season, and and that was there was loads of mitigation around that one so yeah it, it certainly meant a lot to everyone connected to Arsenal um, I suppose Liverpool can at least console themselves with the fact that it just means that their lead is cut as opposed to them being cut adrift from the title race entirely and, and they're still well in the thick of it well, I was quite dismissive of Arsenal on Friday and I stand by that Like they can decide who wins the title but they're not going to win it themselves Like they can win these one-off games they can go strong in the Champions League this year but the fact that those celebrations, it just looks like they're a bit a step before that. They're not a side that is used to going right until the end of the season and knows that you keep going, keep going, keep I, going. I never thought Arsenal would win the league and having seen them now, I'd be amazed if they won it. I'd be absolutely amazed. Then again, I'd be amazed if Liverpool won it. I think uh, I got a lot of grief recently for being negative towards Liverpool. Well, it's not. They're massively ahead of where they should be this yeah, season. Yeah. Massively ahead. And they can still easily go off and win three trophies, but they're not going to win the league. They can win it. But I don't think that they will. I think City City would have to do something really strange to not win it from this now. Um, well, obviously, whenever you play Arsenal, whenever you go to the Emirates, there's always the talk of Liverpool's record against these bigger sides. It's not been the best this season. If you look at every single game against Arsenal for the last two years, it's got that same pattern of Arsenal start really well, Liverpool wait until the second half to get going. But this is that case where they didn't even get going there. Yeah. Is this starting to get into a bit of a concern for you, Gorsley? Yeah and no, I mean, you know, it's it's a game that you should be winning that you you have to win really, don't you? Know, I was saying on Friday, wasn't I? I think that the people have to win every game in Anfield now, um, between now and the end of the season. That obviously includes Manchester City, but they've got a really good record against them at home. They haven't been lost for. 20 odd years, 21 years, is it? Apart from the one where nobody was oh, there. You keep forgetting about I this. I keep forgetting about this one, don't yeah. I? Yeah. So that was, what, three, four years ago now? Three years? Three. Um, yeah, when there, was, there, there were no fans. Wow. Yeah. It seems like forever yeah. ago, That was another Alisson. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was another death in the squad as well. With, um... Oh, well, that, anyway, can we even know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not overly concerned by by that that record. Um, I think you did a little, little analysis on it, didn't you? You you know better than me what what the, the yeah. Facts I think and the if, you, if you're talking about what some of our colleagues call the Sky Six, mm-hmm. which would be Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Arsenal. Tottenham in there. 
some people get annoyed so at, any, at this Sky 6 and what do you mean is Liverpool let's face it yeah. so anyway uh, Liverpool have played 7 games against them and taken 7 points now you obviously you play 10 games because overall home and away so they got 7 points from, from 7 games and of the 3 remaining they got 2 at home which is Tottenham and City and they've got United away Arsenal have played 6 and they got 12 points so reason Arsenal are up there because they, mm. they've beaten City at home yeah. they've beaten yeah. Liverpool at home they've beaten United at home uh, there's nine of them and they've drawn at uh, Chelsea they've drawn at home to Tottenham and they've drawn at Anfield so there's the, that's where the 12 points come from the thing is if you extend it to include uh, Newcastle and Aston Villa who are obviously two of the bigger teams at the moment so what would that be the TNT Sport 8 yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then Liverpool are actually top of that league but they've played way more of them than the rest I mean the only um, yeah they've gotten much kind of running if you look yeah, at the fixtures yeah. from this point I mean I think City have, City have got the easiest run of the whole lot I, I think. don't know they've got a really tough march coming up but you've got something lined up haven't you about that so what, what well, are yeah. I'm sure they, they've only, they haven't got that many hard games left they've got City. United Liverpool Brighton Arsenal and Villa I think in succession but, but Villa's at home yeah a few of them are at home. home and they've still got like Chelsea and Tottenham in April like granted that's at home yeah, Chelsea. that's the thing. Most of the city's yeah. games are at home. So you, if you're a Liverpool perspective, the point of view, you've just got to make sure you beat them at Anfield and that you're still in touch and distance. Well, if, if Liverpool win all their games this season, they won the league. Simple as. So well, they're, still, they're, still in control, they're still in control of the rest, but no one's expecting them to win 15 games in a row now. But you do when it's Man City. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, City, City we've got six, six at the moment, haven't we? <laughs> since, since before Christmas. Since the Everton game, was it? Yeah, since yeah. they came back from they won the, the thing, Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to another talking point, the Canate red card to book a I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't seen a replay because we were too busy doing the work, so I never thought, like, when he went off, I just went, oh, it's just one of them. You've it, seen it so many times. You can't really get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and it's it's in Arsenal's third of the pitch. And the crowd are up and they're on the attack and this, that, and the other. You can see why it got booked, so I'm not, I wouldn't complain too much about that. Um, but I would say that Klopp was probably at a point where he said... Possibly an Arsenal player did something similar not long afterwards. Yeah. Gabriel wrestled the Nunes yeah. to the ground in the centre circle and Nunes gets booked for, for kicking off about it. I mean, obviously, watching it was a bit bit of a biased eye in terms of we know what happens with Liverpool more than other teams, but I don't think I've seen another player for another team booked for the cent in the same way Liverpool seem to get a lot of theirs booked. Has anyone else been booked? Because McAllister got booked for you know imaginary yellow card. Yeah, Chelsea and on the opening day, yeah, and see much of that. There must be some ball. I mean, as you say, you know, the Trent, 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 kicking yeah. the ball away. Remember that? That was a big director early in the season. That's happened twice, isn't it? it? But then well, don't forget on for the throwing. Don't forget, AU got sent off for Palace for for actually just get standing near a free kick. So there is that. So there are Liverpool aren't the only ones who've had a soft yellow red card this season for two yellows. But he misses Burnley now, of course. So Conza or Gomez. What happens there? Robertson back. It's some some questions for Klopp really. You know, you know, how fit is Trent? I didn't look fit at all did he yesterday. No, I didn't. I didn't think he was mm. anywhere near. It was interesting that Klopp did say after the game. He said the plan was never to put Trent to last the ninety minutes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, he, he was your best player at Arsenal a month earlier when he did pick up the injury. So that just suggests they knew quite well. He was just. I think if Conor Bradley had been available, he'd have yeah. started. And also as well with Gomez playing the the inverted role as opposed to to Trent. 
that will be because of his fitness. That will hundred percent be mm. because he didn't want him moving into there. Because it would have made it would have made more sense because there was at times where Liverpool were getting a little bit over yeah. on him. And also maybe they've worked on it in the week with the plan for to play Bradley as opposed to Alexander yeah. Arnold. Yeah, so it it wasn't ideal preparation, was it? But you know these are the things you have to try and overcome, and unfortunately they, they couldn't. Trent, he always seems to have it a bit more difficult when he's up against Arsenal. He's up against Martinelli. He was looking a bit yeah. sloppy on yeah. the ball. I don't necessarily think it was an Arsenal-related thing. It would have been like that against anyone. Fair enough, then. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next one. We've already touched on the individual performances, but I think it's two that we should focus on a bit more, and that's Graven Birch and Gakpo. Like, these are two players who come into the starting eleven because of absences elsewhere. It's an opportunity for them to step up, and they haven't delivered, and it's not the first time we've been saying this this season. Obviously, you mean a bit harsh on Gakpo there, I think. I thought he was quiet. I thought no, no, I meant just they haven't delivered this season. I think he scored. He scored decent amount of goals, but yeah. Like, yeah. he's in and out the side, and when he gets in, it's usually when he's quieter. He makes more of an impact off the bench, is what I mean when I say that. It's just they were two players that you wanted them to be a bit fresher, step up because they haven't played as much football, and they were probably two of the quieter performances. Well, Graven Birch in the last game at Chelsea, wasn't it? That was the first time this season that he's not played when he's been available. He normally either starts or comes off. Uh, the bench and, and features at some point. Um, I actually thought he'd done all right in the last couple of games he played, and you know I've been quite mindful of not being overly critical of him because he's obviously didn't play much last season. He's only twenty one, etc., etc. He does have some reason for it. But having said that, he just just had not a very good game. Just didn't affect the game at all. I think that's that was the, it. Wasn't it wasn't problem. noticeably it wasn't, poor. It was just it was just ineffectual. Just, and he wasn't the only one. But because of the position he's in. And what he can do, Liverpool wanted him to do a job which he just didn't do, and that's where the whole the right side fell off. Especially when you need him to step up because of the reason we've just mentioned about Trent not being fully fit and Jota not really being a right winger. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> in Gakpo's defence, I suppose it's a bit awkward when you're not really settled in the team, a settled fixture. You're coming in, maybe you're playing off the left, playing down the middle, maybe even as a, a midfielder in the four-two-three-one. Um, I think Nunes has shown this this season that he, he has to be starting when he's fit, but you know, unfortunately he wasn't, was he? He left Chelsea in that protective boot, which um I think the fact that Klopp was said on Friday, I mean the fact that Klopp offered that up in his press conference probably said that it wasn't as you know it wasn't a big thing as it might have sounded, you know, leaving mm. in in a protective boot. But the fact that he didn't start him probably does say that it, that he wasn't near top level and I think he showed that when he came on he didn't really do much to lead that that moment he kind of jinked past uh, I can't remember who it was now was it uh, Kivior and then he just blasted it into yeah. the crowd um, and off day for Nunes not fit and Gakpo didn't really take his chance did he with a, with a, with a big start in a big game when you look at the Chelsea game it was that right hand side that was so effective with Nunes as well when he Bradley Sabosley it's just a shame they couldn't build on that because you've essentially mm. taken that out of the team yeah. well, also yeah. Chelsea aren't very good that too but uh, moving on from that another player we can focus on is Thiago that was one positive you can take away from the weekend the only positive yeah he, yeah. he is finally back he is and you know, you're going to have to be patient with him because he hasn't st- st- the game yesterday was a year to the day since his last start which came at Wolves he hasn't played at all since late April I think it was the West Ham game so you're going to have to be mindful of that you're going to have to be mindful of the fact that this is a player who's not 24, 25 he's 32 now is he um, brilliant player um, but 
you you got a theory, haven't you? That you don't know where he's going to get minutes. I mean, I, 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 I like the idea of him having a say on the running, and and it's great to have him back. But um, I think we might just have to be a little bit patient with him, and maybe he can start contributing significantly. And you know, once he's got. Gets a little bit of rhythm and momentum, but at the moment it's difficult to see where, where he might get that. Well, this is the problem. It's not just Thiago. It's, say, Bersetic comes back before mm. the end of the season, which they're expecting. We're seeing it with Roberts now. We're probably going to see it with Simicass as well when he comes back. We're seeing it a bit with Trent we're gonna as well. See, we're seeing a bit with Trent. Um, I wonder... Uh, Salah, I think, is a different case. I think he's just always fit. And we might have to see it with Zaboslav because he's come straight back in yeah. and got injured again straight yeah. away. We're still waiting to find out just how bad that is. But the suggestion is he possibly may have done his hamstring again. Whether It's the same injury. It, yeah, it's the same. Whether, it's, whether that's going to be... Was he in the pitches? Yeah. I think he was, yeah. yeah. But um... So whether he's done it there. It, mm-hmm. it, well, it's relevant when he's done it. The problem is he has done it. Uh, and But Liverpool have now reached that stage of the season where the only thing you could argue is possible one of the legs of the Europa League games in the next couple of rounds depending on who they play the FA Cup is, no, is a good I know, I know you reckon it, but, but mm. Liverpool have reached that stage now where it's you've got to win every game they're in that stage of the season they've only got one League Cup game left I'd say you could start Luton before the League Cup final it's a midweek when you're playing three times in a week but at home. but then it depends on who's available because you go well if you're putting Thiago into the starting lineup there Endo's going to be coming back that's good news um, mm. you've got McAllister but he probably needs to be rotated because he can't play all the time mm. the Curtis Jones we've seen Gravenberch needs to find a bit of form Harvey Elliott for some reason he's not quite getting the minutes that he was doing so there are players there to do it but that's the point so it's like well great so when's Thiago getting his minutes then when you know when's Simicast going to get it do you want to really drop Gomez for a, a game when he's been playing so well just so Robertson can come in it, Robertson will get his games eventually but it's timing it right for these games because every single one is must win, must win, must win, must win. Yeah, I think Thiago's worth the risk though in terms of putting him in for a Norwich, you know, ahead of other players you might need the rhythm. Norwich, don't play Norwich again. No, no, sorry. <laughs> what for us, Southampton? Yeah, what for us, Southampton? Yeah, <laughs> just Norwich. Yeah. Just used to play Norwich about six times in three years or eight times in three years. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I think he's a little bit of a special case because we know when he's at his top level what he can do and how much he can influence games and that could be priceless for Liverpool in, in the coming weeks so I think you're looking at maybe getting him in the side wherever you can Luton is a, is a good shout um, Watford or Southampton in the cup is a good shout Southampton Norwich would have been a good shout no, Norwich would have been a good shout but he wasn't fit for that um, but yeah well, I just, James McConnell played in that one he did yeah, yeah. So. but uh, yeah I just, I just think I do I do think they will need to be patient with him and, and give him time and space to to get, I don't think he maybe even gets to his, his absolute top level before the end of the season, given how much football he, he's missed. But it doesn't need to be because he can still influence things, you know, when he's near that level. Can I just go back to something you said earlier to, to Mr. PG over there about is it a concern that Arsenal are now doing all this against Liverpool? Well, the, the fact is, that's it, it's done. Klopp is never going to manage against Arsenal again. And I think this is, it's almost like everything that's gone before. Once you get to the end of the season, you can just draw a line through it because there's going to be a new manager, whoever it is, and there will be obviously the same players or mostly the same players. There's going to be different tactics. There's going to be a different approach. Even if it's just a little bit, it's certainly going to be different because every single manager is different. Well, and the coach will be one of the most different. interesting ones then if it is Xavi Alonso. The thing is that there's, be, there's, gonna, there's always teams that some teams struggle against or managers can't overcome or they learn from this, that and the other. So I, I think questions like that are... 
redundant because we know that the manager's going at the end of the season, so is the main part of the coaching staff as well. So I just actually think that's quite interesting, whether or not Klopp in games to come just goes, well, I'm just going to try something really, really strange here, like he has done against Man City in the past a few times, because it doesn't matter whether people try to learn from this, because I'm be gone by the end of the season. Which is part of the reason why I think he said the documentary is okay, because whatever he says in the dressing room, it's not going to be a thing next year. But don't even, they're not going into the dressing room, are they? No, I don't wherever they yet. capture anyway, yeah. it doesn't impact yeah. his Liverpool. Boundaries have yeah. been set as, yeah. as well. Really, Hopefully not in the press room as well, they can stay away from us. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to the title race now. Obviously, at the time of recording, Man City haven't played yet, so they've currently got two games in hand. So anybody listening to this Tuesday, Manchester City just beat Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told dramatically winner as Brentford. Never know. Brentford did do them last year, didn't they, did, before yeah. the World yeah, Cup. Yeah. So uh, let's be positive. But yeah, it's obviously a six-pointer where Arsenal have got those points to narrow the gap. Klopp said after the game, you always expect City to win every match anyway. How costly do we reckon this will be on the title race? And I'm asking you this, Gorski, because I know Doyle's just going to say, I never expected Liverpool to win the title. Hey, anyway. Before we go any further, before you answer, costly, they lost against, they, they lost their second hardest game of the season. Okay, arguably third, because I'd say City at home and City away. Mm. City away, then City home, then, the like, City games, the, yeah. then Arsenal yeah. away. Right, they're the three hardest games. They've drawn one of them, they got one to come, and they lost one of them. You know, and, yeah, and, I mean, and, and you look at City, City lost at Arsenal. I, I, I never. Don't expect Liverpool to win the league. I don't think I really have, but it's more just the kind of the promise that it's going to be an exciting running, and they could, you know, as long as they've got a chance, you know, you're still kind of invested in it, aren't you? So I still think they've got a good chance of of having a good crack at it and see what happens. Um, it's, you know, it's just it's a difficult game that they lost, and it's there's no need to panic at all. I think Liverpool have shown that, you know, had they not. At the howler for the second goal, I think there's a case you can make with Liverpool comfortable and, and get a draw at least because, you know, they were really poor in that first half in, like we've mentioned, the toughest, one of the toughest away games of the season and somehow managed to stay in it just because they've got a bit of character and, and resilience and never really know when they're beaten. Obviously, things turned on that mistake and then obviously the, the sending off and whatever else, but... Um, I don't think it's it's the kind of result or performance where you think well, the wheels are going to fall off for Liverpool now. I, I, I think the the two mentally strong for that to happen. But whether that wins them the title, we'll see. Um, still makes City favourites. I've done for for a while really, but um, I think I've, I've had this with you for a while on this part. I still think the lowest Liverpool will, will finish is, is second, and they're certainly not going to finish below third. When you look at the fixtures coming up, Burnley. Brentford, Luton, they've at least got a nice run before that cup final to bounce back to make sure well, it doesn't Brentford's come Brentford's the game there, isn't it, Brentford? Because they got tonked there last year and they, drew, there, and they yeah. drew and they drew the year before. So anyone who thinks that's going to be easy, and you mentioned Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony, what is it? It's Ivan, isn't it? I always say Ivan, and I always think it's wrong. <laughs> um, that he'll be up for it. He didn't even play last time when uh, they got I beat. When they, when they, as well. Yeah, when they got beat three um, one, he didn't play in that game, did he? No, but Evan Puemo, he, he's injured for this one, isn't he? Yeah. He's and Webber does, does, does well against Liverpool and City as well. Actually, to be so fair. does Visser, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, so uh, that's a tough game. Yeah, the whole ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, City are the favourites to win the league, and I think they'll win it. That doesn't mean that I don't think Liverpool can't win it, or that they won't be there all the way towards yeah. the end of the season. That's why these next, as you mentioned, these next three games are important because the, the, not just Liverpool, but most teams look at games in blocks, don't they? Sometimes it's blocks of five blocks. Liverpool would have looked at. 
I reckon, would have looked at Bournemouth, Chelsea, Arsenal. Bournemouth away, don't forget how well Bournemouth were playing. Mm. Chelsea at home, we know what Chelsea are like. Arsenal away. And gone. If we can get nine points, they're amazing. If we can seven points, really good. If we can get six, that's probably the, the absolute minimum we need to get to stay in contention. They got six. They got six. If you get the, the we beat Bournemouth 4-0 away and beat Chelsea 4-1 at home. And I agree with Gorsty in that if Alisson doesn't make that mistake, it, that game finishes one all. Even because Arsenal didn't make that many chances, mm-hmm. they didn't. They went way more in the FA Cup game. Yeah, and Liverpool got <clears throat> got and, away and with that. Trossard one gets bit. in at the end because Canate's not there. Yeah, and, and, the down, and, the down, and the down to ten. So I mean, I don't. And again, even then, it's still a fullback too, wasn't it? Well, even then, it still needs a mistake from the goalkeeper to go in. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's just one of those things. It wasn't a three-one game. No, I mean, but having said that. There's not a single person inside that crowd who doesn't think, oh, Arsenal didn't deserve to win that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's not, you don't always get what you deserve in football or life. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have many, many points. And also, as well, <laughs> I think I made the point on Friday that, you know, framing Chelsea's, framing the Chelsea game as like refereeing justice is, is, is pathetic because Liverpool were clearly the better side and deserve to win that game. I think you could, you've got to say that. The same argument again for yesterday, you know, Canate gets sent off and you can debate the, the, either yellow, but Liverpool, yeah. it, wasn't the, it wasn't the turning the, point. Yeah, sending off made no difference. Liverpool game, really. didn't really deserve anything, did they? Unless they lose the league by one goal, then it does. Okay, then. <laughs> um, I want to bring up the, the Youth Cup now because there was one Liverpool side that did yes. win this weekend. And I, I know you weren't there because obviously you were we in can't, We can't do that whole thing of just beaming from one place to the other. No. Even though there are many people I know who feel as though we can do that. <laughs> but anyway, you wrote the match report on it. I did. Whether that means you've seen the goals or not. I have seen the goals, yes. Great. So, yeah, what can you tell us about the I Cup can, win? Well, what I can tell you is generally, because I actually spoke to Mark Bridge-Wilkinson on Thursday uh, ahead of the game, went down to the academy and spoke to him, and they hold an awful lot of stock in the Youth Cup. I mean, they just played uh, Manchester United in the under-18s league and got beat 4-3. And I actually did watch that game. And... Uh, Again, it's one of these games where United were clearly the better team, but Liverpool gave themselves a chance because even with lots of players missing in that one because they were getting arrested for the game on Sunday against Fulham in the Youth Cup, they got a lot about them to come forward. And I think that's something that when you're at that level, the forwards always attract more interest. That's just the way that it is. Yeah. way that it yeah. is, you look at we, when they won it five years ago, it was Bobby Duncan and Paul Glatzel, Paul Glatzel, sorry. He scored at the weekend, by the way. Did, did he? Chris Winden, first goal. Oh, right, there you go. So there you go. So he's at Swindon along with Tom Clayton, who I, th- I may have played in that game. I don't know. I'm sure he might not have done, actually. Uh, and someone else there, isn't it? There's J.K. J.K. Yeah. there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I forgot what my point was now. Oh, yeah. So it's the forwards, <laughs> that, always, the forwards yeah. that always seem to attract the attention. And again, it's happening. But this time, they are actually good. very good players. You're looking at Trent Cone-Doherty. You're looking at Lewis Kumas, who we've seen are in around the first team. Um, Jaden Dans, who I saw him first play about 18 months ago, and you thought, well, who's this? You know, he's a 16-year-old lad who just come on, um, obviously got a bit of football heritage in his family, um, and he's tall, and he looked like you could think he's got a little something about him, but in the last 18 months, Mark Wilkinson was saying that he's kind of grown into his body in the sense that he knows what he can do with it now, you know, because obviously he had a bit of a growth spurt, and he's bringing more people into the game. He's not just about goal scoring, but what he is, he is a goal scorer. He just scores all different types of goals. So he's got 21 in 19 competitive appearances this season. And where that's good is that he started in the 18s. He's obviously been promoted to the 21s. 
But he scored like he scored two or three there scored, already. He scored a lovely free kick against Arsenal oh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, and that was in. But he beat again. That was another example of them having such great firepower. Because you went to that game. I did. As you mentioned, that it was a close game until the second half, where Liverpool mm-hmm. just took it away because they were taking the chances. And I think Liverpool have got a good chance to win it because they do look at that youth cup and go, "That's the one where we, where we can actually." Just kind of like it's a good showcase for the players, and also they can find out more about the players because they're in an extremely competitive environment. Mm. Whereas with the league game, league games, funny United are out the youth cup, Manchester United, but they got beat by by Swindon two 0 <laughs> but they're miles ahead than the under eighteen It's always a good indicator, isn't it? The youth cup as is, is to players who are coming through. You know, anyone who's anyone won that won that youth cup growing up. You know, Michael Owen and Jamie Carragher, and, you know, or even Not against the West Ham team of what third and nine Lampard, John Cole, yeah. possibly, yeah. Um, so it, it is it is a kind well, of the, the team the, the, the Liverpool team that won it in 2019 had Nico Williams um, uh, Reese Williams Tyler Morton Gerald Quanta Gerald Quanta Connor Bradley no no Ger- Connor Bradley and, and Gerald Quanta played in 2021 when they lost to Villa oh. so again that's another there you go there's no, they didn't quite get there but they got in terms mm-hmm. of getting over the line but they got to the final and they've obviously taken an awful lot from that so you do get a proper glimpse of what could come from in the Youth Cup. So if Liverpool can carry on going, you're looking at, you know, as I say, Cone Doty, they really like, Dan's, Trey and Yoni, not mentioned him. He's mm-hmm. the guy that, uh, he's only 16, isn't he? They've got two, um, two centre-backs, Carter Pennington, who's only, uh, I think he's only 16, and I'm, and Amar Nalo, he's, he's one from West Ham, and he's just, i say recently, could have been the last couple of months, he's turned 17. So these are players you can keep an eye on, because if they're doing it at that level, in, and in those high, it is for them high pressure situations. Then there's no nothing stopping them coming in and, and doing it in the first team. But again, this goes back to the club's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, uh, and then it's, and then, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. it's yeah. it's an audition. What's it's an audition? Yeah, and what's going to happen? Um, what's going to happen with the new manager, whoever that is? Well, they need the Vita Massos as well, don't they? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's leaving the the connector as they call him between the academy and the the, the senior ranks. His work's been vital for Klopp, really, just to to see what's in his ranks. Um, so they need a replacement for him. Linders did that initially, didn't he? Pepe Which is why he yeah. was he played a big part, didn't he, in getting Matos in? Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond that, we've got Endo and Salah could be back <coughs> next time. Yes, that's good. The pitch. Um, maybe we'll see a couple of the kids in training this week as well. Um, but yeah, Endo was it? Who did they get knocked out? Iran. They got. Beat. I wasn't at the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not over. No, 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 no. I didn't. I was too busy doing all the work. Um, the uh, yeah, they played around and got beat two one in the hundred. Uh, no, sorry, the ninety sixth minute wasn't it? In six minutes into injury time, penalty, which it's an interesting one because uh, I say it's interesting. I didn't watch it, but it made <laughs> it only made a difference for one game for Liverpool, didn't it? Because the final would have been next week anyway, and Endo wouldn't have been available had they got there. He was in good form though, wasn't he? Before he went, I remember. Thinking he's he's going at just the wrong time. He's probably one of the first names on the team sheet there. And then he said it himself, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he can you can kind of solve the uh, help solve a little bit of problem with the midfield stuff we were talking before. Bring him in. You could push McAllister a bit further yeah. forward. Move, yeah. Possibly move Curtis. Across, but then there's there's a there's a lot of other things that they can do because they don't necessarily then have to have McAllister as the number six. And with Salah, we've obviously seen quite a few updates on social media of him training at the AXA. Um, I think three weeks takes him to this Thursday so he could maybe make the bench if he's on track for his return and he is historically a fast healer <coughs> yeah, uh, yeah do you reckon Liverpool needs to be a bit patient with him considering he's getting on a bit or throw him straight back into it <coughs> I don't know because 
getting on a bit. <laughs> I wouldn't um, Well, it's the first time he's been out for yeah, that length of yeah. time in pretty much his entire Liverpool career. Apart from when he did the shoulder, but that was going into a yeah. World Cup. I think he's he's the sort of player, he's, he's just a little bit of a, almost of a freak of nature, isn't he? Where you, you think he'd probably be fine to go straight back into the starting eleven, but um, I don't think they need to really. I think Burnley at home should be manageable enough for them to get by without him, and it would be nice to see him on the bench. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think he's still doing laps at the Axel, hasn't he? He's been, he's been seemingly just been doing that for like a month. He's Arteta with him there as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll get another update in the next coming days of him just still out there running about. But um, yeah, it'd be good to see him back when they're, you know, <clears throat> I think they've done well to get to over a month before you finally say the phrase, they miss Salah there. Um, but they missed him yesterday and um, don't think necessarily he will be massively needed against Burnley but um, it'd be nice if he was available and get him on the bench and maybe get him some minutes but we'll see Perfect, well that's all we've got time for today uh, join us again on Friday we'll be looking at that Burnley game maybe Brentford Paul of the Shock will, pull up, uh, will come back in midweek as well, we shall see I'm sure we'll all have our Brentford shirts on tonight cheering on Boyd I don't, I don't fan. own any Paul of the Shock do you not? Know? No. <clears throat> not even a Brentford one? No, not a Brentford, not Man City one, not Liverpool one well not a recent one anyway really. you sold your Everton one didn't you? I, I, no, I gave, <laughs> to be fair I gave the Everton one away to charity so that was Tony Hibbert's match for <clears throat> in 2007. I was only messing when I said that. I feel as though I, I need to say that. Yeah, David Moyes gave us a, everybody who covered Everton at the time, 2007, a, a shirt, and I, I gave it away to charity because I'm, I'm nice. Well, what a lovely note to finish on. But yeah, join, join in. Uh, join, join in. in join, join in. in. Join yeah. us on Friday. On, we'll be looking ahead to the Burnley game. Thanks. Until next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.